Welcome to Two Brothers Review the Podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And we're happy to be talking this week about Bohemian Rhapsody, the new band slash Freddie Mercury biopic. Slash concert pick. Yeah, interesting to have a like shot for shot twenty minute recreation of the Live Aid concert to finish the movie. Yeah, very weird. Especially since he lived for seven more years, six more years. Oh, I didn't know that. I assumed research. I assumed that performance killed him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean no. you, this stands to reason, right? But yeah, they well the movie ends that way. Yeah. Movie. Um, I don't think they I don't think they performed much more live, but they did record and release other music after that. Yeah. Okay. So before we talk about the movie, what is your kind of history or how do you feel about Queen? Well, I mean, I'm not a huge Queen fan. I remember them growing up. Um, I remember Freddie Mercury and I remember him dying of AIDS, but I don't, I mean, I remember being aware of it at the time slightly, but I didn't listen to their music really, except for the, we will rock you and we are the champions and Bohemian Rhapsody probably. Yeah. I feel like I knew their hit songs, but never listened to any other, you know, full album of theirs and did go uh, before going to this movie. And I realized they had some very weird songs that weren't really my style. Almost unlistenable. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think. Yeah. Just totally, totally different. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've listened to too much of their non-hits. I think I like those songs, but if I tried to listen to anything else on their album, it really is something I would not want to listen to and couldn't stay with songs. I can't believe they really had a song called I love, I'm love. i in love with my car. <laughs> I, I looked that up after the movie, and that's a true song that they had. That was a good joke, too, from the, from the movie. <laughs> yeah, it was. But that's such a bad idea for a song. Yeah. Uh and, I, and then my favorite song, I'd say like a year or two ago, um I was I became obsessed with Under Pressure. So uh yeah. I listen to that song a lot still. It's in my regular rotation of favorite songs. I think that one's great. A collaboration with David Bowie. Yeah. So and they played that song uh, when he was in the rain. So it was interesting that they used Queen songs as the soundtrack, but then also showed the process of writing some of the Queen songs. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think, I'm not sure what I was expecting from this movie, but it just feels like it expanded or covered such a long time period that I felt like we were always really jumping and it didn't follow as much of a narrative arc even though they followed, you know, the story of his love life and a little bit about the, how the band became famous. You thought it was jumping in time or I mean in out of order or just jumping through time, uh, through time more than a normal bi- biopic. Well, I guess they just had to cover so much. I don't know. Different. They had to cover so many different things. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like it wasn't more than normal, but I do feel like the weakest part of this movie is, 
or was the character development of him and just understanding better uh, why he was doing what he was doing. And I think that came out that that is a symptom of the jumping. It felt like it was kind of shallow to me. Uh, Yeah, I agree. I think you don't get to spend, I don't know, so much time with him before he becomes famous. And, you know, from the beginning, he's uh, Freddie Mercury was seemed, you know, strange and eccentric, but you know, they don't really talk about it until I don't I don't know if they ever really address sort of how he felt as a kid or kind of the struggle he had, the desire to play music. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I they relied a lot on close ups of his face, I feel like, or him just kind of looking sad. <laughs> Which was fine. It wasn't horrible. I I expected it to be worse. The, I came in with really low expectations based on reviews. Yeah, it took me a little bit to get sort of over the teeth and how his his cheeks would look so sunk sunken. But by, I don't know, 30 minutes into the movie, it didn't really distract or take away. I feel like I got into it more. Hmm. <laughs> Not I, you. It took, no. it took longer than 30 minutes. <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think I got hung up on that. I thought. I thought it, I I believe that he looked like him. For me, yeah, I mean, it also just does a very it's 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 tackling a very tricky topic of um his coming to grips with his sexuality and having his wife and um and so it's really I think it's hard to get the tone right when you're doing that kind of tricky stuff where where it kind of builds in a sustained way to a to an outcome that makes sense to the viewer, and then also he starts out. Kind of nice, but he's always kind of abrupt or, you know, too direct. But I felt like he's, I I didn't quite understand his outburst where he did this big flip when he went from firing the guy because he even insinuated that he possibly would leave the band to leaving the band. And I think we were supposed to think that the, that's that second junior manager who took over was, um, was the cause of it, but it just seemed very scattered and I didn't understand what was going on in his mind or how that transition took place. And I didn't like that part. Yeah. The sort of dynamic of the band kind of progression and manager. I mean, I think they really sort of paint that Paul as definitely the villain who, you know, tried to drive a wedge between Freddie and any everyone else in his life. But it seems like as soon as he found out, well, I guess as soon as he found out he was stopping calls from Mary, uh, he did get fired. But that other manager could have just said, oh, uh, Paul told me this deal for you. I don't know. Yeah, it just seems so kind of a hard turn. Yeah. Um, but with the other band members, I feel like, you know, they were the people that um, kind of had some control or some ability to speak back to him. And even... You know, later when he was really famous, when the band was working together or when they were recording new stuff, like the We Will Rock You sequence, you know, it just feels like he is a little bit more kind of collaborative or back to the original Freddie from the beginning of the movie, where they're able to joke with him and, and talk to him. Yeah. In an, in, in an uneven sort of way, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I I was the the biggest surprise for me, and the thing that I liked probably the best was 
how funny it was. I thought it was really funny. I thought I had a lot of great moments where it just used even the look on the faces of the band members or <laughs> um, just funny little f- moments of fighting or, you know, don't, don't throw the coffee maker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just had a lot of that stuff that I thought was great. I thought it was really, really funny. I was, yeah, I was surprised also having heard this movie wasn't kind of as strong as, as others. Uh, but I think it had a great sort of opening box office weekend. It definitely was the number one grossing movie. So I feel like people do love queen songs and they really use good, the the best ones throughout this movie. So and even if you just like are a fan of queen, I feel like this movie would be worth seeing. Yeah. Oh, definitely. The songs are great too. That's the second, my second favorite part about it was, yeah, it's just really fun to listen to the songs. They're very good. I don't. I don't quite understand why Queen is so good, because they are freaking weird. <laughs> but, but I do love it. You know, they say, "Yo, we're outsiders speaking to outsiders," um, and maybe they do express kind of something a little strange in their songs. But I feel like it's sort of, you know, a lot of their songs have a bit of a melancholy tone, even though they're rock songs. Maybe that's unique to them. Huh. Uh yeah, I mean I can see that I can see some of them being melancholy. I feel like that's a little bit disingenuous when they say that they're playing to the guys at the back of the hall that are the misfits and don't belong because they ended up making stuff that's very, uh, you know, like uh, we will rock you and we are the champions. Or that is a far cry from playing to the guy at the back of the room who doesn't feel like he fits in. Well, it's like populist, right? And you hear that song in every arena in the nineties. Maybe even still today. Yeah, they're playing to the guys who are the, the the winners in life. Yeah. Do you feel like the way that they kind of, I don't know, composed or showed the concerts made sense? Or did you like that style where they would just show a Freddie Mercury pose and then have where they were playing fly out of it? Or do a montage of different concert scenes over one song? Well, I think that one, that was just the one time with the graphics and the 70s lettering, or I guess early 80s lettering, right? Yeah. No, I didn't like that particularly, but did you? No, I wish they would have done a globe and then had like wherever they were playing light up or something. I don't know. I would have just styled it differently. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I didn't have strong opinions about that, I guess. I I liked that um, it was quick. I mean, I feel like... I feel like they went through songs quickly, which was good. You know, like it didn't, you, you would, you get, you tell more of a story if during one song, you only use half of the song and you show them in five different venues where they're playing it. That just, that just tells you more than if you're watching it one place. Right. It shows the sort of passage of time and scope of where they really did go all over the world and sell out arenas. Yeah, exactly. Did you um, did you think he was a good actor? I did. I I like Remy Remy Malek though. I guess I feel like um, I've watched Mr. Robot and he was in Papillon, the remake this this year also. Papillon, the remake. Well, it's just called Papillon, but it, it was a remake. <laughs> what? I don't know this movie with him and Charlie Hunnam, where they are like early 1920s French prisoners that go to an island and 
French Guiana, uh, uh, Prison Island. And Dustin Hoffman was in the original movie. Okay. That movie got horrible reviews, right? I'm remembering it now. Oh, yeah. Not good. <laughs> Is he French? Originally? No, I think he's a Egyptian or Middle Eastern. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I do think he did a good job. I think, I don't know, maybe it was just, I liked sort of his look or he, I felt more comfortable with him with the, I think the mustache took away from kind of how strange his mouth looked. In a good way. So like in, yeah, in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> so you got more comfortable with him as time went on. Yeah. <laughs> why why do you think he did not do a good job? No, I th- I thought he was pretty good. I, I mean kind of like what I said where they focused a lot of the attention on these kind of close-ups of his sad face. I think uh I think he had to do a hard job of trying to emote when the the script was so thin and and the things that we see him doing is or saying are so thin. So, I mean I I've never watched a, an episode of Mr. Robot or Pepion, but uh, I thought he was uh, he was engaging and did the, you know, when he's performing, you definitely wanted to watch him in the movie. So that's quite a feat, I would say. Well, I think the, uh, I think outside of just the acting, the physicality and his movements on the stage, trying to recreate Freddie Mercury's energy was really strong. I guess I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. I thought he did a good job. Yeah, I think so too. Did you, I guess a, a criticism that I have is it feels like they tried to make it a little bit too kind of clean or too cute where, and maybe this is how it happened, but on the day of Live Aid, he reconciles with his parents and comes out to them. And <laughs> and they do the cutaway during Live Aid where the guy's like, no, we haven't had any money yet. And then Queen plays and they get the million pounds that in that 20 minute window. I just don't think that was necessary and a little too feel good. Uh, Yeah, like too big of a coincidence to be. It's it's dramatic, but it's too much. Yeah, it's bad writing. I would say that's bad writing. It's also they also don't care too much about the timeline. I was talking to my friend after I saw it and um, he mentioned that I guess a lot of the stuff is in the wrong order or out of time. It's not correct. So, I mean, I, I don't care too much about the um, not being accurate in timeline. Like, I get that you just save it's time. It's not a documentary. It's not a documentary, and you save time by um, having those things happen on the same day. It just, yeah, it's good for that. But when it happens so much, it becomes kind of hokey, or it does become coincidental and unbelievable, I think. Yeah. Uh, anything else you like or dislike from... Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, I just really liked the band members, the acting, and I thought they were all great. I really thought they, and like I already said, I thought they were really funny. So, and uh, I liked Miami the lawyer, and I liked. <laughs> I actually like. I thought the first band uh, manager who gets fired. I thought he was really good too. I don't remember that actor's name, but I like him a lot. I only think of him as Peter Baelish from Game of Thrones. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I don't watch it. Or Mayor Carcetti in The Wire. Oh, <laughs> what have I seen him in? He's he he was in some movie where he had an Irish accent and he was terrifyingly. He was like a villain that was terrifyingly silent. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'd have to look it up. 
Okay. For Bohemian Rhapsody, what would you give it out of five? Uh, I'm so torn, but I think I'm going to go. I mean, it was a four for my enjoyment, but I think it's a three if I was saying in the pantheon of movies. So I'm going to go with three. Okay. It's always so much uh, waffling with you on these rankings. If you're going to distill someone's work of, uh, you know, half a decade down to one number, you got to be careful with how you do it. That's that's good. I'm uh, I'm also going to rate this a three. I feel like it's a good movie. Uh, Everyone likes these Queen songs. You'll everyone should see this, I think, but. Not, um, I don't know, not life changing. Wait, sorry, I forgot to ask or talk, ask about one more thing, which is they do a lot of weird shots. There's sequences where there's double images, um, you know, where he kind of the, the style of the shot abstracts from reality. Um, and that was in this, I, I didn't like that so much either. I don't know if you noticed it. I no, I can't think of what the way you're talking about. Interesting. I don't know. I can't remember now. Dang it. <laughs> well, we... <laughs> you didn't like it. Yeah, it just, the editing was weird. I thought it was weird. And it could have been a little bit more, cl- uh, it could have been clearer, I think. Okay. All right. <laughs> Good. Uh, what is your recommendation for something you've been reading or listening to? Well, probably everyone in America has already seen The Haunting of Hill House. I haven't. Oh, really? I just finished it two days ago. Um, I think it's pretty strong. I think it's pretty good. Uh, I I could I would change the ending a little bit if I could, but uh, it's a good adventure to go on. I'll recommend um, Netflix's other Halloween offering, The Chilling Adventures of Serena. <laughs> did you watch that we did that was our level of scare that we were ready for <laughs> was it wait okay how scary do you think haunting of hill house was i don't know i think it's gonna be like an intense psychological thriller yeah and some scares yeah that's right what's sabrina the teenage witch so it's a you know kind of an update of that tv show um based on the archie comic and I mean, I think they do have some fun things with the genre where it's a little bit darker um, and they sort of just flip everything. Like there's a court scene and instead of honors, they call the judges dishonors and they just like kind of flip things like that. So it's always like the dark version of stuff. <laughs> you love those puns. <laughs> it's pretty good. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us this week for Two Brothers Review. I'm Reed Turley. I'm Ty Turley on Muscle Relaxants. Bye. Bye.